Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday. We begin in Alabama, and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues today. We're with Anna Rudolph from Placitas, New Mexico, and we'll visit with her and about her incredibly gorgeous voice after I talk about a conversation I was having. Uh, a friend of mine and I were talking about a book, this my brother's couple's workbook. It's called Two Years After Forever. It's sort of a how-to guide to improve your communication skills, which, as anyone that's ever been in any relationship knows, is very crucial. So as we spoke later in the conversation, I mentioned the book again. Two Years After Forever is the name of the book I told you my brother wrote. And she interrupts me. She goes, oh, oh, oh your brother's book. I thought you meant a book you borrowed from your brother. Three little words, my brother's book, two different interpretations. Well, in two years after forever, there are exercises that help you realize those kind of issues, those kind of pratfalls, and help you form better communicative skills to avoid things like that. Along with your partner, learning and applying these exercises help you get back on track to why two years ago you pledged your life together forever. Two years after forever. Two years after forever.com and available at Amazon today and forever. We've got an angel of a singer with us here today. And I say that no tongue in cheek. I listened when I was uh, setting up the podcast, I listened today and the night before. And you just have such a, a angelic that's the word that came to me an angelic voice. It's absolutely gorgeous. Anna Rudolph. Anna or Anna? Anna, right? It's it's Anna, yeah. See, I, I spend too much time out east where we have our aunt and Anna, you know. <laughs> right. Wherein I grew up in Missouri where my aunt and my granny was Annie. You know, it was Granny Annie. So <laughs> I, I have my two worlds always colliding. Uh, beautiful voice, uh, wonderful just presence of music. I love your style. Oh, thank you. I, I know you said you like the blues, so I sent yeah. you a couple of bluesy songs some of them are uh, some that i write are more straight blues and then a lot of them though are just kind of on the bluesy fringe yeah love it but bugman blues is my email okay i'm a big yeah. fan of the st louis blues hockey team you know i'm, I'm surprised i'm not wearing a blues t-shirt here today so uh even one of the logos that we use has my grandfather on there. it's him on the clarinet on the that sepia picture there's a band called the Alabama Serenaders. They were a ragtime, jazzy blues band back in the 30s. Okay, so that's been a part of my life forever. So, yeah, thank you for sending me the blues. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> no for, thanks for giving me the blues, Anna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any, anytime. When did you start performing? Well, I, I came to uh, all of this very late in life. So, um, about... 12 years ago, I wrote my first song and I hadn't played the guitar in over 35 years. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I was really late. So I was 59 when I wrote my first song and that's going to unfortunately give people a clue as to how old I am. But 61 um, now. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so at, I wrote a song. I was, I was actually on an airplane. I wrote it on a little cocktail napkin. I'd come back from a cruise where we just heard music 18 hours a day. Uh -huh. And um, so it was, there was just stuff in my head going around and I wrote a little song on a napkin and then I brought it home and I thought, well, maybe I should, I've never written a song before. Maybe I should try to learn it, but you can't just pick up a guitar and play it because you got to work on your fingers and you got to build calluses and all that sort yeah. of stuff. So anyway, eventually, a couple of weeks later, I, I had kind of figured out how to play the song and it was it was not great. And uh, but then a couple of weeks later, I got another song and um, I figured out how to play that. And and then after that, I, I started uh, getting songs from my muse. I, we can talk about that more later, but um, I started getting songs and I was getting them every two weeks. So it was just enough time for me to kind of learn the song a little bit and then I would get a brand new song. And so after probably about a year of that, I decided I wanted to 
try to play in front of someone. And I was, I've always been really shy, really um, afraid of being in front of crowds and all that Uh sort of stuff, especially singing or playing. And so, um, but I gave it a try at a local restaurant and, um, and then I just started playing out after then. So that was, it's been about 11 years I've been doing that. Wow. Now, what about the prior to the 35 years? <laughs> well, then I was in high school and college. Yeah. So you had to play and you had a guitar. Yeah, I had, a, I had a, a couple of guitars and I did play. But, you know, when I, it was sort of like, at, at the time you listened to AM radio, right? And you listened to the, the current popular songs of the day. So, you know, starting way back with Peter, Paul and Mary, you know, I learned a few of their songs and I probably knew about six or seven chords on the guitar. Uh And um, I was, you know, sort of poorly proficient. It was enough to get a song out, Mm -hmm. but I also played by ear. I I never took lessons. So um, I just, you know, had a song chord book and I played by ear. So that was helpful because a lot of the songs were, you know, four chords or three chords or something like that. I was on the tail end of that almost, you know, like uh-huh. I was getting into Dylan when Dylan was already established, if that uh-huh. makes sense. Right. Okay. Right. But you were there when Dylan was, was in, uh, in the beginning of his prime, I guess, if that, yeah. if that's right. Yeah. So you were yeah. surrounded by the birds, mamas and the papas, Dylan, all that acoustic rock, at right. a time when it was really important to have that music. How cool was that? Yeah. And I sit was, there and say, Hey, yeah. I just figured out how to play uh turn, 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 you know. Right. Now <laughs> it's now it's a golden oldie, but you were playing it as a hit, you know? <laughs> well, sort of. You know, I wasn't I didn't really focus very much on music. Um, I played the piano and so um, I probably played the piano a lot more than I played the guitar. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, so then fast forward, you decided to play at a at a dining room or in a, a whatever restaurant, right? <laughs> yeah. It was a, it's a little, it's the Placidas Cafe. And it, oh, and okay. It, it's a little place just down the road from me. And I, I know I went in, I knew the owner and I said, John, I want to, I want to play at your cafe. And he's like, well, play what? And I said, well, I want to play the guitar and sing. And he said, oh, okay, what's your band's name? And, I, you know, I had no band. It was uh-huh. just me. And so I said, well, I, I don't I don't really have a band. I don't have a name. And he said, well, I'll think of something for you. So he put up this little poster. And my, my first name really is Nancy. And then uh-huh. my middle name is Anna, which is what I go by in music. And so he did a little poster, and it, it said, Nancy Drew playing at the Placidas Cafe. So I thought it was kind of funny. Nancy Drew, how fun. Yeah. So you dropped the Drew, you dropped the Nancy, <laughs> picked up your middle name, and uh, it's been exactly. skyrockets ever since. Uh, I find it so interesting uh, how people, how songwriters write. Mm. I, I write, or I've tried writing. I, I say this a lot. I've tried writing to realize that I can't write, but <laughs> that well. But then I'll pick up something I wrote five or six years ago and I'll revisit it. I'll say, well, what don't I like about that? And one of the first people to sign up to be on my show was a friend of my daughter and son-in-laws who's got uh, an album out. He's down in Alabama. And I asked him, I said, come on the show. He says, you know, Tom, since I've got married and had my kids, I haven't picked up a guitar. I said, sorry, we'll do your old stuff. He says, okay. He called me back up, Adam, and he says, "Uh, yeah, I don't want to do it. My old stuff, it just sounds like crap. So... (laughs) Isn't that funny how when you write something, it sounds really, really good. And then when you revisit it, sometimes it sounds better. Sometimes it sounds worse. So do you revisit songs like some artists do or some writers write it right there and then? And if it's not good enough, then you toss it and you go into something else. Um, Generally, I do the latter. I've kind of decided mostly to go ahead and finish a song, even if I'm not really liking the start of it or something. Um, I'll, I'll finish it. And then if it's, if it's no good, I just mostly get rid of it. Sometimes if it has some, some catchy lines to it, Uh I'll say it, and then I'll go back and maybe years later I'll go, Oh, 
that song, half of that song and half of this song are going to go together really well. I don't do that very often. Usually it's a sit down, write the lyrics in uh -huh. 10, 15 minutes, and then I go pick up a guitar. The music is just kind of there for me. And then usually within 40 minutes, I have a song. So, Well, you have the, the blessing of being able to play guitar and piano. And yeah. I've heard, I've heard both. I've heard, uh, uh, like a piano player will sit there and just start fiddling around or a guitar player will sit there and noodle around. You can do either. So does yeah. one, it sounds like the guitar helps you more than a piano does when you're putting music together. Well, I've written more on the guitar than I have on the piano, but, uh -huh. um, I don't, I don't noodle much on the guitar. Oddly, I was doing it last night, but I rarely do that. Usually, though, if I sit on the piano, I can improvise and play a bunch of different stuff. And sometimes that'll lead me into some other place. Uh -huh. But usually I write lyrics first, so I'm, I'm kind of stuck in that pattern somewhat. I have a guest from Alaska named Marion Call, and she has this way of writing. I just think it's brilliant. Like she might hear just a phrase and she'll write it down on a candy wrapper, you know, or yep. on a napkin or whatever. And then when it's time to write, she takes all of these pieces of paper, spreads them out on the table and says, oh, well, this phrase will go with this one over here. And this <laughs> goes with this over here. It's like putting together a jigsaw puzzle. But that's her system. She's got a great style and a great, wow. a great sound. And I love I love her songs. And that's how I. <laughs> they came about it's like it's like okay here are all these thoughts i mean i'm when i try to write i just i just sit there like it my inspiration usually comes when i'm bored and i'm thinking about where i'm going or what just happened in my life or, or something emotional that's going on in my life and i'm in the airplane mm -hmm. you know because then i'm like well i don't really want to watch anything on my phone and i'll just kind of drift off to sleep and start thinking about things and then something usually comes to me yeah and then i'll start writing and start writing and writing yeah. And then I, you know, when I get to land, I'll usually, I usually noodle around on a guitar. Yeah. So, but you're a lyrics first person. I, I'd love that. The Beatles uh, are used to be music first. Their first lyrics, first song was, uh, uh, what I always forget the name of it. Close your eyes and I'll kiss you. All my loving. Oh. It was, oh. It was the first song they wrote at, when they wrote the lyrics first. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that's, yeah. And then your music comes to you after do you, when you write your lyrics, do you have a, like a, 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 a pattern, a timing, like this can be a faster song. It should be a ballad or you just write the words out. It's, and it's very unstructured. I just sort of, it's, and, and when you were talking about the lady who writes down a phrase, yeah. um, I'll, I'll, you know, like see a billboard or I'll see something on TV or, um, read something, um, get an impression about something. And then, you know, days later, that little impression or something will pop up. And it's, it's almost like there's this little voice that just says, pick up a pencil and paper. And so I pick up a pencil and paper, and then I have this little phrase, um, um, like chasing the blues or something mm -hmm. like that one, two, three, or whatever it is. And um, and then lyrics just come out, and it's not structured at all. I'm not planning a verse here, a verse here, a right. chorus here. Everything just kind of comes out. And then, um, and then I, I, always, I always thought, well, the muse is really nice to me and always gives me lyrics, but I don't know why she's given me music you know, on the guitar, or the piano to go with that. And I was always afraid that I wouldn't have music to go with lyrics. Uh -huh. But somehow when I go pick up a guitar, there's music kind of built into the lyrics. I don't know how to describe this to you, but I, I feel I'm, I'm like... I'm following the whole thing. I get it. You, I really, it, I get it. It feels like I'm not responsible for anything that I'm doing here. It feels like that's coming from somewhere else. And I'm... I'm just uh, the channel for it. It's uh, it's like the force. Yeah, uh, I've had yeah. so many so many artists like you. 
that say that the music is out there and you're just the conduit that yes. music finds its way to you and then finds its way out through you. Yeah. yeah. That's what it, I heard you say. Absolutely. And it, it just still blows my mind. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, at least you're not chasing the blues, right? Well, I'm always chasing the blues. <laughs> trust me. But, um, but I, I brought that up because that's your first song here. We're gonna, okay. we're gonna listen to what uh, you're always chasing the blues. Is that why your song was chasing the blues? Were you having a blue day, or were you realizing that you always chased the blues, or what? What was your inspiration for that? Um, I, th I, th you know, sometimes it's there's this. Uh, I think songs come from like a collective unconscious or something mm -hmm. and they have nothing to do with me. I just get them and write them. This song was probably a little bit more about my anxiety about the world and mm -hmm. where we all are right now. And that it's, it's pretty disturbing and there doesn't seem like there's a whole lot I can do about it, but I can escape for a minute and uh, chase the blues with someone uh, who has a wicked smile. But you'll hear that in the song. <laughs> yeah, it's a clever line. We're going to give it a listen. Anna Rudolph, our guest here on the Music of America podcast from Placitas, New Mexico, and her first song, Chasing the Blues. We're at the gates of desperation With the figure standing there A key in one hand And a cold-hearted stare of tomorrow we're fighting for our lives in a twisted sort of world that cannot be said right so take off your white hat kick off your white shoes come with me baby gotta sing the blues i'll put on a black dress you put on a wicked smile we can chase those blues for a little while I know that never is soon enough to think Of trials and tribulations we've seen I wish that there could be redemption Or that I could awaken from this dream Celebrate the games, but that's not how to play this game. I do find solace in many things I see, and singing is the cure for misery. But if we stop to take a breath, I fear the quiet leads us to our deaths So take off your white hat Kick off your white shoes Come with me, baby Gotta sing the blues I'll put on a black dress You put on a wicked smile And we can chase those blues for a little while So it might be later, but the blues are catching up with me. And when they do, the search is over. I found my perfect company. So take off your white hat, kick off your white shoes. Chasing the Blues with Anna Rudolph here on the Music of America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. We'll get back with Anna and talk about another one of her songs and figure out what we are doing. Discover your celebrity at the newest, hottest, most interesting, and fun live music show 
to hit the scene in 50 years. It's called Flash Jam. Whether you perform live music or you enjoy watching live music, Flash Jam has something for everyone. Flash Jam is a dynamic way for musicians to come together, perform, and compete for both recognition and prizes. Whether you are new to the stage or an experienced musician, Flash Jam provides an exciting platform to collaborate and showcase your talents. Musicians perform hit songs with other random musicians who share a passion for that same song. So let's say, for example, Anna wanted to do Sounds of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel, and I wanted to sing harmony with that, and John wanted to play guitar on that, and Mike wanted to play uh, percussion on that. We all get together, we learn our parts separately, and then we get together at the Flash Jam event wherever it's being held. Then Anna, Mike, John, and I get together, and for the first time ever, we perform that song. It's kind of cool. Uh, existing bands are featured. Also, you can have bands against bands learning a song. They might all want to do, let's say, the Music of America's all wanted to do Proud Mary, while Nancy Drew's band all wanted to do Proud Mary. So they both learned Proud Mary, and then they played against each other. And if you're a music fan, you're part of the judging part. You're the adjudicators. You listen and decide who you like and who you vote for. It's fun for everybody. It's called Flash Jam. Really a lot of fun. And it's coming to a market near you. www.flashjam.com. Get Flash Jam in a market near you today. Flash Jam. Welcome to the show. Have you played with other musicians, Anna, or is it always just a solo stuff? Um, well, I, I was in a band very briefly, and then um, I played with uh, I played with a guy who played keyboard and drums, and actually he could do both at the same time. Sometimes oh, wow. <laughs> I know. And then I I played with uh, you know some lead guitarists, um, and there's. And then, yeah, so there's, you know, different musicians that I that I hook up with sometimes depending on the uh, the venue. And, you know, if it's going to be loud, um, I need somebody else to be loud with me. You know? <laughs> Will you come be loud with me, please? Yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> What's the biggest ensemble you've ever had to put together? Um. Well, I think it was probably just the band that I played in for a while. There were about five of us in the band, and mm -hmm. that lasted, you know, until the the um, bass player, they couldn't keep a steady bass player, and then uh, their lead guitarist was really good, and he went off and did something by himself. So that that's how bands go. They're very, right. very difficult. And uh, I was sort of like, you know, I don't want to try to organize a big, a big band. Uh -huh. uh, so when, if the, if the uh, Placidas Philharmonic got together <laughs> and said, we want to back you, would you do something like that? Oh, oh yeah. In a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, you, you said you're between Santa Fe and Albuquerque. So it's really not un, out of the right. question, I guess, to have a a big jazz piece, like a, a six or seven piece jazz band to maybe sit in and, and do some stuff with them. Is right, any, right. Any desire to do that? Um, yes, sort of yes. And sort of no. Um, I, I'm probably because my voice is not real big and loud. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm probably better off in a smaller ensemble, two or three people, something yeah. like that. Do you tour? Do you just stay in New Mexico? Do you get around? I have I have just stayed in New Mexico and in the state. I don't mm -hmm. think I, I don't think I've played any place else. No, I could see your style fitting in so well in a lot of markets. I could see you in Chicago. I could see you in Memphis. I could, I call it the sixty one corridor. You know, from oh, yeah. uh, uh, Chicago, St. Louis, Memphis, the Delta, all the way down to to New Orleans. I could see you sit, fitting in so well there. I could see oh. you in New York. I could see you in New Jersey. I could see you in South Carolina. I could see you in southern cal uh, yeah. obviously i'm a fan <laughs> i got a some friends uh a producer of mine that lives in opelika mississippi oh okay. i'm sorry opelika alabama and okay. uh, there's a there's a big singer songwriter thing going on there right now and they it's sort of like south by southwest they just take over the streets and all the uh, places um, have music going on a lot of the time. And there's a couple of those um, songwriter festivals that he's been wanting me to go to, but I have just 
not had the energy the last couple of years to kind of to go out and do that. So, but that's that's on my radar. How are you affected by COVID? Because when COVID hit, you were probably right in the middle of your career, right? Um, well, I had just retired. And oh. so I was uh, looking forward to a lot more music and some uh -huh. travel and whatever. And so that just put a big crimp on everything. And New Mexico got hit kind of hard in in uh because the the pueblos got hit really hard yeah. they lost a lot of elders and a lot of good people oh, and yeah. so um the and and also um businesses were closed here so um it was we we took some drastic measures in the state but truthfully i think we saved a lot of people and we don't you know we don't have massive health care operations here we have enough to keep us going but when you're overwhelmed like everybody was it yeah. was it was very tough so there were there was no music going on for a year or so while all that was going on and then you know you just sort of go oh well um you know why do i want to go back to a bar full of uh people in close proximity and everybody yelling and breathing and it's noisy and yeah <laughs> you know, you just then I've started being more selective in menus that I that I play in. Was that when the song next came about? What are we doing here? Is your next song like here? You are you're getting all si excited and you're going to retire. You're going to play a lot of music, and then COVID hits and like crap. You know what are we doing here? <laughs> Wait, what's the what are we doing here? Is that that's or what are we doing? I'm sorry, it's what are we doing? Is the oh, next song? Uh, oh, what would you what would you do? I couldn't remember. Oh, what would you do? I'm sorry. Yeah, I couldn't remember. remember the songs that I even sent you. But um, no, what would you do? I think I wrote it about a year ago, and um, it it's a it's a very odd thing. Um, it's it both can be interpreted as somebody deciding to leave a relationship. Or when I originally got the idea for the song, I had just had a discussion with my husband about um, suicide. And uh, I know that's a topic that everybody goes, oh, no, we're not talking about that. But, um, you know, everybody thinks about it now and then or something, especially as you get older. And, and my husband's like, you know, that's just not, people just shouldn't do that because it just destroys so many family mm -hmm. members and friends. Right. And um, and we have had friends whose family members have suicided. And so that's um, it's very, very traumatic. Um, and so the very first when I first started writing that song, I think that conversation with my husband was still in my head. And so it was. And then as I was writing the song, I'm thinking, no, nah, I think this is really more about um, somebody just deciding to leave a relationship and wondering how that person that they've left would be, but it could really be interpreted both ways because it's, it leaves an impact either way. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, ironically you say this, I just got a message from one of the, one of the old kids from our old neighborhood that the younger brother of one of the guys we hung out with, uh, took his own life on yeah. uh, New Year's Eve, you know? Oh man it's 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 tragic and it's sad and you sit there and wonder why you know and what's really tragic about this story is nobody had gone down he's he was in florida and nobody no, nobody in his family had gone down to claim the body oh yeah oh i mean so i mean so i mean i don't know the dynamic you know as we get older life happens and so on and so forth and this right. was, i've known i knew this guy 60 years ago you know 55 years ago something like that and he was much younger so his life went on without me wow but something happen to where his family doesn't even go down to see him you know that's so sad yeah and, that's... and it's called the song is called what would you do it's really going to make me think about that now because it's so fresh i was coming because I, I, I listened to it i had a different I, yeah i had a different interpretation completely in my yeah. head when i was going into it so we'll give it a listen now our guest anna rudolph here on the music of america podcast and the song called what would you do
would you do? Anna Rudolph from Placitas, New Mexico here on the Music of America podcast. We'll wrap up with her last song called One, Two, Three. In a moment, ladies, you don't need big promises. You need results, right? Simple Beauty Retinol Moisturizer contains only the best ingredients for your skin. It doesn't contain unnecessary ingredients that may cause you Further skin issues, specifically formulated, the retinol moisturizer helps reduce the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles, making your skin appear younger, softer, smoother. A powerful combination of antioxidants, vitamin A, C, B5, and E, fight premature aging by blocking DNA-damaging free radicals and promoting softness and elasticity. Contains natural ingredients like aloe vera, jojoba oil, rose water, sunflower oil, which are all great for alleviating a variety of skin alleviating a variety of skin conditions simple beauty retinol from simplebeautyskincare.com simplebeautyskincare.com it simply works i have a theme here i've noticed anna that when i have a female vocalist singer songwriter i always end up with that commercial <laughs> i'm like it works use retinol ladies <laughs> <laughs> that's right well, yeah, it, it helps have friends of mine on the company, too. So, <laughs> Well, there's that, yeah. There's that. So uh, off mic, we were talking about your last song, One, Two, Three, and there's so many songs or whatever that, that where One, Two, Three comes up. Like, I count down backwards, Three, Two, One, you know? We were oh. talking about the Jackson song, ABC, It's Simple as One, Two, Three. So right. what is your One, Two, Three reference in this song? What's What's that about? Well, the the um, the sort of tagline is uh, going back is easy 
it's easy as a breeze. Um, going back as easy as one, two, three. Yeah. And then at the at the very end, that tagline changes to going back ain't easy. It ain't easy as they as a breeze. Going right. back ain't easy as one, two, three. So it's just kind of a reversal of of that. Uh -huh. Um, but that's, that's all it is. But it's it's going back just in general, going back to your old stomach, because I had a guy talking about, uh, a song they wrote, imagine if you had amnesia and you drove to your old neighborhood. Oh, wow. You know, and that was one of the songs they did. It was really cool. And, yeah. uh, but that's about going back, you know, yeah. uh, then like I wrote a song about a relationship and, uh, trying to go back. The song I was just listening to right before we get on here, it's a uh, uh, Goye, I think is their name. And it's a song, uh, somebody I used to know. And it's a, a you know the song, right? Now you get yeah. that, that, that I used to know. Well, yeah. she sings something about uh, that, something like you said you were never going to be leaving me for somebody you used to know or something to that effect. That's again, yeah. going back. Yeah. So sometimes, yeah, it's real simple. Sometimes not so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What have you been simple with going back to work? Sorry, say again. What What is simple for you to go back to work? Um, probably, relatively so. Um, you know, I have a few friends from um, high school that I've reconnected with, and one of those reconnections has been very simple and lovely. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I was in a fraternity in college and we, a bunch of us got together right before Christmas and I walked away. It's like, I haven't seen some of these guys in 50 years. And it's like, I just saw them yesterday. That was yeah. easy as one, two, three. Some exactly. of the guys, if some of the guys had shown up that I didn't care to see, it could have been difficult. Not so much me, but I know there were some rifts through the years with the guys in the fraternity. Some of them aren't talking to each other. So that would be an example of where it's not as easy as one, two, right. three. Right. I think going, going, going back to my old high school stuff, um, you know, on the surface, it was easy, but then people wanted to stay connected with me. And uh -huh. then when they kind of got to know me a little bit better, they're like, oh, hell no. <laughs> like, well, that's what I was saying at the very beginning. Right. I am not the same person you knew in high school. And so um, it, 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 really doesn't work out so well um you know when when you've developed into who you are and they've developed into who they all are which is all very similar uh i don't i just don't fit as well anymore you know it's so. it's the line from the big chill that william hurt says when they're all sitting around on the floor in the sofa in the living room or whatever he says a long time ago we knew each other for a short while yeah. You know, and that's so true with high yeah. school, college, whatever, but we right. have these lasting impressions of them. And now here we are 50 years later or whatever. I say 50 because my 50th high school reunion is this year and I'm on the planning committee. So yeah. that was it. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, and I do have my old college roommate that I was roommates with for four years. And uh, we get back together and it's very wonderful. It's uh -huh. just wonderful. So, um, so there, there are some old connections that I still have that are, that are fabulous. Um, and then there's, you know, some people that I just can't connect with anymore. Right. right. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there. Um, you made <laughs> mention in the very first segment about your muse and you want to get to that or we'll talk about that. And then you've made reference time and again about your muse. Do you actually have someone that serves as or something that serves as your muse or a touchstone uh no not at all no okay it's just not, not at all that it's, thing that's in the universe that ethereal thing that yeah. floats around and visits okay <laughs> all right well I didn't, you know sometimes people uh marry their muse you know <laughs> and uh right. some sometimes they break up with their muse and they don't write anymore i.e jackson oh. brown you know <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, my muse was never a, a physical person, and uh, uh, I, I think of her as a she. Um, mm -hmm. But um, you know, and and so I've been married three times now. So oh. I have 
lots of uh, lots of material to work One, with. One, two, three. And so does the muse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so does the muse. So she can just right. go, oh, how about this time and this right. time? And in between, there was this, and then there's this over here. And I'm like, yeah, go for whatever. I don't care. So you're the one that lives the life, but she's the one that observes and, and just throws you these lightning bolts to write about this and write about this. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. funny that the, the song that we're going to do is one, two, three, and you just mentioned you had three. You've been married three times. Hmm. I wonder what Freud would say about that. <laughs> well, let's give it a listen. Uh, the last song for Anna Rudolph here today on the Music of America podcast. It's called One, Two, Three. Song one two three with Anna Rudolph, our guest here on the Music of America podcast from Placitas, New Mexico, somewhere between Albuquerque and Santa Fe. And someday I'll get back out that way because my daughter and son-in-law had a place in Carson outside of Taos, and it was just just beautiful out there. 
you know, there's so many places in the country I call God's country, but that one was really special, you know. So, so uh, Anna, this is the segment of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion. This is where we talk about, how, where you talk to us about how we can support you. I like it. I, lo- I love it. I've always said that um, um, whenever I would do an advertisement when I first kind of started this, um, I I. I would embarrassingly say, and now it's time for shameless self-promotion. So (laughs) I'm down with this segment. (laughs) Great. And looking at your website, and it's a great place for people to go to, I noticed you've been up for so many finalists for so many awards, won so many awards for somebody who's done music at at this phase in your life. Please note, I use the word phase, not any other word. So it, it usually happens with uh, in the music industry with people at an earlier stage of their life, but now you're in the post post career phase of your life, post family phase of your life, and you're getting nominated, you're getting uh, awards left and right. That that's the stuff I want to hear about here. Well, um, you know, I've been I've been really lucky. I um, I when I first started writing, I asked a a friend of mine who had been into music and had won a bunch of awards in New Mexico and said, would you just listen to my songs? Cause I don't know if I should just like learn to knit and give music up or if I should keep writing. And so he listened to some of my songs and he said, Hey, you know, you need to enter the New Mexico music awards, which is kind of like a small Grammy mm-hmm. Grammys for the state of New Mexico. You have to uh, produce your music um, here in the state and um and so i entered and i got a nomination the first year and so unfortunately or fortunately i don't i don't know which it uh, it prompted me to keep writing and to keep entering um competitions or the new mexico music awards or other um uh places where you can win awards and really the only uh the most uh, that you can gain from some of that is just publicity and then um, maybe get some gigs from it or something. Yeah. So um, it's, it's, it's been really this fun process too, just to, just to get some validation because there's not a whole, if you're a songwriter out there, there is just, there is just not validation. I mean, you can stream, you know, have 2000 songs streamed, Mm-hmm. And or, or your one song stream 2000 times and, you know, you make 15 cents off of that. So there's no monetary reward for songwriters unless you're doing a big tour and you can sell a lot of merch. So yeah, which, yeah. which is, you know, less than 1% of, of all songwriters. It's like, yeah, you're not really going to play in the NBA, uh, you know, so. Uh, there's not, there's not just not much reward for songwriters. So sometimes you just have to go for some validation that you're at least making some music that somebody appreciates. But you, so, but you've won some awards too, and that's neat. And you've been nominated for a whole bunch. So that's cool. That's, that's, that's part of the shameless self-promotion. And, and, and and you're too humble. You're too humble because your page reads like a page long. (laughs) And uh, so I guess for people to find out, to bypass your humility, they could go to your website. Yes, they can. It's AnnaRudolph.com with a spelled with a PH, R-U-D-O-L-P-H.com. Okay. And from there, we can find your music, your bio, of uh, all your humble awards and nominations and, uh, <laughs> and support you through Bandcamp. Is that correct? Yes. That, that's probably the gives artists the most financial return, even though it's still not very much. But um, yeah, so it's AnnaRudolph.BandCamp.com. Okay. And all my discography is on there. You can, uh, you know, download, or stream, or buy a single song, or you can uh, buy my latest CD, which I'm going to throw in here. So I just had a CD that was released in December, Oh, wow. Okay. Um, that I've been working on for about the last year. And I did it with uh, the Kitchen Sink Studios in Santa Fe. And uh-huh. that's run by, uh, or at least one of the partners is John O'Manson. So John produced my album and he also sang harmony on it, 
which was the first time I've had somebody other than me sing harmony uh, wow. on, on one of my CDs. So um, he did a beautiful job in the production. And I had um, Larry Mitchell, who has produced two or three of my albums before, come in and he played um, a couple of fabulous guitar tracks on a couple of my songs. I think he played on Chasing the Blues that I sent you. And he also yeah. produced One, Two, Three, which did win a New Mexico Music Award. Um, and Larry's a, a Grammy Award winning guitarist and producer. So um, I, I just, um, I've, I've worked with some amazingly wonderful people. Um, so, I, and I think, I think this, you know, I don't know, but this is definitely one of my favorite albums that I've ever done. Uh, it's called The Other Side. And it, I've got a free download of one of the songs that you can get to from my Bandcamp site if you just go to El Salvador, which is one of the songs on there that I really, really love. And it's, um, it's a free download right now till the end of January. So There we go. Yeah. You know how to do this shameless promotion <laughs> thing, don't you? I'm that's, working on it. That's, that's <laughs> great. Anna, it's a blessing. And again, you, you you sing the blues like an angel, and I'll I'll go to my grave saying that. Except I won't go to my grave because I'm not going to get no, buried. <laughs> <laughs> that's another story for another show. Anna Rudolph, thank you so much. Our guest today here on the Music of America podcast. Up next, we're headed to Albuquerque. We stay in New Mexico, and we're going to meet a rapper named I Recognize here on the Music of America podcast. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.